podcasters on program. <laughs> this is pot or is level five, room two. Uh, pot, or, yeah, uh, F. F stands for fulcrum. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to Fulcrum Entertainment Podcast. I hope you enjoyed that stupid little gag that we just did. <laughs> but I, I gotta say, of, of all the things, I think that's probably like probably the most memorable thing of this of these episodes so we're probably gonna be doing that a lot i feel like that's gonna be huge like that's gonna be like, a meme that's gonna go in cons all the time like you're just gonna have like you know people just screaming out oh on program and the entire con floors <laughs> people dropping funko pops see that's what you need you need to have a bunch of people cosplay as those with those like suits on like the prisoner outfits and then do and then just walk into that crowd on program and then oh, watch them all man. do it Oh, that is both the best and the worst cosplay. <laughs> right? Because you know people are going to do that. Yeah, because it's, it's like it's like great cosplay because everyone will like, pay attention to you and want to like, do so, but it'll be all day. <laughs> like like every 30 seconds. Yep. You, like you know that, that what, I, what I just did there is going to be like your entire life. <laughs> but anyway, guys. Yeah, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Fulcrum Entertainment Podcast. Uh, we are going to be talking today about Andor, episodes 8 and 9, because, yeah, we, we skipped last week's episode, so we could uh, talk about uh, Werewolf by Night. Ow! <laughs> nice. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, uh, so how's it going, Harrison? How you doing? Like, it's been a minute. <laughs> I'm good. Connor's claiming that I'm in the timeout room. Uh, yeah, I'm in a different location than I normally am, so I'm, I'm set up in wherever I could fit. Yeah, uh, Connor. I'm. Yeah, I don't know. Like, let's see. I, I had a, I had an Irish joke, but I didn't. But I kind of lost it. I had an Irish joke, <laughs> but I lost it there. <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> let's have a truce for tonight. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for being in here, uh, Connor. Again, I know it takes a lot of time to get to get rid of it or get uh, away from them children uh, after your lucky charms. <laughs> you couldn't leave uh, it alone. I could. I have to. I have to always do. It. The, the motherfucker called me a yank. <laughs> no. but at any rate yeah guys so uh so anyway harrison so this episode or these two episodes of andor these are probably the best episodes that have been so far like i i know we still have three episodes left but i'm like i don't feel bad saying that like probably episode nine has been my favorite and is gonna be my favorite <laughs> uh yeah let's let's just assume that it, that it was hilarious and <laughs> <laughs> let's assume that i am funny and let's go on with, with the show yeah, I, I agree that these are really great episodes. Um, I think partly because the things they do with this prison like make a world in its own, and like you can almost forget the shows about anything else. Like for a while, like the prison is sort of so engaging. I love it. Yeah, no, the, like I know we, during these two episodes, we also have some Mon Mothma stuff. We have uh, Luthen going to see uh, what's his name? Uh, what's, his, what's his nuts? We, we talked about him like every episode up, up until now. Uh, more lies. Bring him to oh, war, Gullet. Yes, Sagarera. Sagarera. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah, <laughs> I like how I had to comment or uh, like I had to quote <laughs> his like most random ass line. Ah, <laughs> uh, dude, Milktoast is in the comments. He says, "Never more than 12. That is, dude, that line made me smile. That like we can talk about that all the way at the end here, but yeah, no, that that line at the at the end of episode nine, I was just like, oh shit, it's about to go down. <laughs> Yeah, it's it, it's setting up again for like a really exciting episode. A bit like sort of when we first hear about the uh, the heist plan, and it's like, oh wow, we're going to see something cool. Now we've got to see the prison break, and I am so looking forward to it. 
Uh, my goodness, um, Gollum, forgotten his name. Oh, Andy Circus. Andy Circus is just, I love seeing Andy Circus not in CGI, like actually in the room, because God damn, the man's just full of charisma anyway. Dude, that was like the best part of these two episodes, honestly, is that Andy Circus dropped in there and I was just like, what the fuck? When the hell did they drop Gollum in here? <laughs> just like, I, go ahead, go ahead. He he just steals the scene. Like whenever he's there, it's just like, oh damn, you can't not look at Andy Circus. Yeah, and I I love how uh, honestly, like, so his character arc in these two episodes is really great too because he walks in there, the very first time you see him, it's like this is five two D, and he goes through the whole thing like he's the pit boss, like he is he is here, no bullshit. And then, like, by the end of the episodes, like, you can kind of see that he he actually does care about the prisoners. He, like, with the way that Olaf dies and everything and how he reacts to it, it's it's really cool to be able to see this. Like, he acts like a hard ass, but it's actually, like, uh, the character arc of this character is great. Like, yeah, watching I, him actually, like, break through that. I think Andy Serkis' character is a great example of what I think Andor's doing really, really well, where it shows you, like, what it's like to live within these systems. And, like, Cassian keeps coming up against like the people who are like trying to live with them and like trying to work with them. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, for him, like a lot of it is about, you know, like like he's comes off the comes across as this hard ass, but you're right, he's actually protecting the guys in his room. Like he wants Olaf to get out. He's like, Come on, man, come on, you're almost out. And he's yeah. like, I enforce the rules so we can get out of here. Like that that's a good point. I didn't think about it like that. He's a hard ass, so that way they can all just go home. And I think I think that's sort of what's revealed. And it's like when that deal is then broken, when he discovers they're not going to go home, that's when it's enough for him. And like he has to move and he has to change and say, okay, you know, I will go with this guy's plan. Mm-hmm. Which you, I do it. I do like really like how it takes that death to push him over the edge because you can kind of see like all throughout the two episodes, he's kind of like mulling it over as he starts talking to Andor. Like it, it kind of jumps forward. Like I think they said that he's been in there a month at in yeah. the next episode. Yeah, because uh, which is weird. You have to like piece that together from what like Cyril says in like episode nine to go like, oh right, and a month has passed now. Mm, yeah, exactly. So I'm like, I, I get the feeling that you've had those things of like they've had conversations of like, hey, so how many guards are there? What do they do for like what is the what's the procedure for this thing? Like you can tell that he's putting it, he's putting the pieces together trying to escape, and it takes like I said, it takes Olaf's death to actually like make him like uh, push over the edge and be like, okay, we're doing this. I think there's something great about like the fact that they made it a, like a labor prison as well, because it gives this like dynamic then, which is like super relatable. I think it's like really relatable to have had like a job where you've had a team and you've had to work hard to get through something, mm-hmm. and the weird things of you know like gossip and things like stuff that your boss knows like from up above and things. Because it, it really, I don't know, it, like bits of it reminded me of times at work, you know, when like people have been worried about their jobs and like you're trying to figure out what's happening. Like when um, Kino and I can't remember the name of the other like floor manager, like uh, Jezik uh, or something. Yeah, like Z- Z- Zeniska, something, something like that. I know who you're talking about, but it's the, it's the black dude. Like the black dude is on the other line. Yeah, yeah. Like, like the thing of like how like they're both in the same level, so they can they can cross information, but the other guys can't. Mm-hmm. Um, and like how they'll give each other orders and things to help each other out. It just makes all of this really relatable, and like it makes it easier i think to just to go yeah i know a little bit a tiny weeny bit of what these characters are experiencing right now mm-hmm. like honestly yeah let's do, let's go ahead and talk about this prison because this is like the strangest thing we we've seen uh star wars prisons before like you've seen like in rogue one you see Jyn Erso in prison 
I'm mm. pretty sure you've seen in uh, there was. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do a lot of something that's gonna make it a uh, disturbance in the force right here. But in the Last Jedi, they're uh, they're in the prison cell, and so oh, yeah. yeah, I want to point out that this looks probably like the one of the better. Like I'm I'm sure that whole thing that they do at the beginning here with uh yeah this, I'm mm. willing to bet that probably hurts like hell based off of the fact that it's you know metal floors, they're barefoot, and yeah, just presumably they're they're shooting them up with a lot of electricity. So, but but overall, I'm like. There are worse prisons to be in. I, I can I, think of a I can think of a worse prison to be in. I don't know. Like I I sort of see the kind of nasty side of this prison. Like one of the things I think's great about it for Star Wars is I think it fits really well with the Empire. Mm-hmm. Like I think when you sort of compare the Empire to like the rebels and stuff, you get to think of like the Empire's like hyper mechanized. You know, like everything's run by like thousands of machines and they can just pump stuff out and create these huge ships and all this sort of stuff. But like their thing is that and they say um, in episode two about them being cheaper than droids. Mm-hmm. They don't bother with machines. They just make people into machines. And so, like, this prison is just entirely about making these people all machines. Like, they, you know, you're fed through a tube. You have, like, these windowless walls, uh, boxes that you sit in. Mm-hmm. Like, you shut off and all this sort of stuff. And you can, they see it show a little bit of it. That guy who seems to kill himself um, yeah. on the floor. Yeah, like, uh, so I do notice that. So we have here, it's, I believe it's like right here. Uh, yeah, he gets in there and it's the guy in the red. Like, I'm, I'm trying to find, I'm trying to find, here, let me see. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, right there. The guy with the red hair, uh, he just like, I think he's the one who ended up killing himself in the end because he, oh. the very last thing you see is he, is he like waits before getting up there. Here, look. There we go. So yeah, it's, I believe it's this guy who ends up killing himself because he actually like he's the one who's like we're never getting out of here. They just want us to be here forever. They're gonna keep us here, and that and then that's what makes Kino get all pissed off and attack him. Yeah, yeah. See, so, yeah, yeah, I like what Connor says. It says and they and they work hard and the hope of a released uh, real empire tactics. Which yeah, like that's a good point. Like you're sitting there, sitting there, like making you do twelve hour shifts. So you're at the end of it, you're tired. You have, they have like these yeah again like these weird little cells that you can't that you you like there's no door there's no bars but at the same time if you walk out of it you're gonna be fried to death it's like it's strange they're making them complacent so much not so much like prisoners they're making them just be like okay this is just my lot in life i just need to accept yeah. that i'm that i'm a laborer for the rest of my life yeah yeah and they just put that in and yeah, there are so many things they do to mess with them like the fact that they don't see any daylight or anything like means that they could be messing with time you know, they have their counter and they have how many shifts they're doing and they're told it's a 12-hour shift, but it's not like, how is any of this measured? How do you, they know any that's of a, that? That's a good point. There's no clocks in there or anything. And like the, all they have to go off of is there is the day-night cycle that they pro- provide them. That's a good point. That's a whole other mental game. Yeah, like I, I think I think like it is like in a way it's a real nightmare. It's like literally someone made you a fucking machine. Like, okay, you're my iPhone now. And like you sit in that box. Yeah, honestly, I would I would hate all of this. Like that part would suck where he's talking about like, oh yeah, well we have a plate and a fork on here, and then you also have the little food distrib like the little gel distributors or whatever the hell. I'm like that that part would kind of suck. Oh and, yeah, <laughs> and like the whole thing of like, hey, you have to work for uh, you have to work for uh, flavoring. Like if you want flavor for your food, you have to work harder for it. I'm like, oh, that sucks. Yeah, it's like um, it reminds me a little bit of the Black Mirror episode with um, oh Daniel at the no, no, I always get his name wrong. He's from Nope. Um, Daniel Kaluuya? Yeah, yes. 
um yeah with, with him like where you know there's that thing of like you have to go on the exercise bikes like to get credits to buy food and like the cycle of like the cheaper food is the food that makes you gain more weight and then like it's harder to do it but like it's just sort of a really extreme version of that mm-hmm. yeah no it's and like see that that's kind of messed up about this is that it feels like like i said it's not really that bad of a it seems like it'd be worse there are worse places but that's it is it is uh it just kind of gets you used to it like you'd have to eat that nasty food you have to sit in this in this shit cell like it's just basically you you end up getting used to it just because if you don't well you're gonna die from electricity um my usual nasty self like one of the things this reminded me of was um like uh the kind of postal shootings like back in the day and apparently, a lot of a lot of these sort of like violence and like planned shootings and things was because, like, at the time they were they were making people like just machines, like you like you sit in the post office, cancelling stamps, and mm-hmm. like you just do it and you just do a repetitive task over and over, and that was it. And you'd be working nights, so you never saw daylight and stuff, and people just went kind of mad through like the, just the repetitive, awful monotony of their life at work. Oh, that's it. That's a yeah. I I could definitely see that, and in this place, that would be definitely if something to look out for. But I mean, at that point, wouldn't you imagine that just people would end up just jumping onto the onto the hot floor, you know, and just. I I, I think that's it. I, I think that's the idea of like that's one of the ways you get out of there, and like one guy took it, mm-hmm. and then we see Olaf, and the other way out is like they put you down like a horse that broke its leg. Yeah, the other option is you have to have a stroke, and they and then they give you a youth and a euthanization. Like Jesus, God! When he said he had a stroke as well, because like one of the things I was like, maybe he'd been having like strokes all the way through. That you know, like when he first like starts getting confused about stuff, he might have already had one. I didn't think about that, but yeah, you see a couple of times that Olaf's like his, like he'll he'll either be they'll say something, he'll be like, wait, what? Or what did you say? Like he'll he'll start doing this in this episode. Like he's a couple of parts where he's just like, like I don't know, he's either going a little slow or yeah, he'll react to it something a little strangely. And like it's a good point. Maybe you're right. Is that he did like maybe he did have a uh, a stroke, or maybe he was like feeling sick, or doing or having some problems before he, any of this even happened. Yeah, it's oh, it's tragic because you know it's happening as well. <laughs> like they set that up so early on. He like has one moment where he goes like, Ooh, and you're like, oh no, Olaf's dead, man. He's not mm-hmm. making it out of here. The snowman's gone. Yeah. So, so that kind of reminds me of Brooks. Uh, if you ever saw the Shawshank Redemption. Oh yeah, you know, the guy—the guy who has like the little bird—and and then he ends up hanging himself because yeah. he, gets, he gets out of prison. Yeah, yeah, I know, like, I know what you mean. Oh, very Brooks. much reminds me of Brooks. I feel, I feel like the only thing we needed to let now is like at the in that hallway scene is someone to carve into the wall. Brooks was here. <laughs> you horrible. do always need a sad old man to like make you feel, don't you? In a prison yeah, there's movie. Always- yeah, there's always got to be like some lifer who's like, "Oh, I've been in here for 20 years. I know." <laughs> Yeah, and then and then he ends up dying, and you feel bad about it because you're just like, oh, why, why this man? <laughs> it's either that or like it turns out that you know he's the oldest in the prison because he's the worst. He did the worst <laughs> crimes. See, I would like to have a, a scene where they're all sitting around like talking about what they did. Like, I would love to hear like what all their crimes were that got them in prison. Yeah, that that would be interesting. Like, they have that line where um someone asks him, "What did you do?" and I says, "He says nothing." Um. And then, uh... <laughs> sorry, I just noticed Connor <laughs> saying hi to GeForce and hello GeForce. Nice to see you. Thanks very much for joining. But, yeah. Hashtag tumbleweed. What are you saying, my dude? <laughs> hashtag tumbleweed. 
Uh, but anyway, so yeah, real quick, I want to ask you, what do you think they're building? Like, I did wonder, yeah, like, and because it's this weird single part, like some part of like a drive for like I don't know, imperial ships, maybe, like a stabilizer or something. Okay, so I have. Well, it's not my idea. It's it's not original, but I have an idea that that was pointed out to me on online. So I want to I'm going to show you something real quick, Harrison. I'm going to show okay. you a structure and see if you if you like kind of put together what I'm getting at. Mm. Let's see. Open new tab. Open image. Oh, look at that. Jonathan Redmond. Hi. Nice to see you. If this is the real G-Force and not a bot, has G-Force been replaced by some sort of cyborg? <laughs> oh, Hillary's email says, which also, <laughs> ridiculous name, but thank you for, for joining us. Uh, <laughs> says, I've just been lurking in silence. Ah, yes. But anyway, so uh, here it is. So, screen share. There we go. So, on a jungle gym, they have parts just like that, that, that hold all these little things together, right? Like, kind of oh, like these. yeah. So, so, what I'm thinking is that what if they're building the, like, the frame for the Death Star? Ooh, like all of those together, yeah, like each a giant, of those little like a giant soccer ball. Exactly. They all connect to a different part that all, that all uh, eventually becomes a giant dome. And like that's like the the you know, at the, which they still say it's five years away from uh, New Hope. So I mean, it, it stands to reason that the Death Star is in construction right this moment. Oh, that's ooh, I like that. Oh, man, that's very cyclical. If Andor was both pivotal in the creation and destruction, <laughs> like how weird would that be to find out that yeah, he's actually he helped build the Death Star. Just to, like obviously not not like he like not in the same way Galen Erso did, but. You know, he helped. He helped uh, the, some of the maintenance, or to help some of the build, some of the parts for it. Yeah, perhaps that could be a thing of the force at work. And he was sort of destined. His destiny was entwined with the uh, the Death Star. Yeah. So it looks like Connor says uh, he is in fact, or he likes that idea. Which, yeah. So when I saw that, it kind of like blew my mind. Like the idea that they might be building parts to the Death Star. I'm like, dude, that's actually pretty cool. That is, that is like Milk Toaster said about, um, say it kind of looked like the side of a TIE fighter, which I sort of get. And I thought you might have been saying like that there would be the central point of the like panel on a TIE fighter and then like the other bits would attach to it. Mm. But I prefer your idea. Yeah, no, I, I very much like the idea that they're building the Death Star because that's, that's kind of a cool thing. Oh, <laughs> see, Jonathan says, my theory is one of the one shift makes the things. And the other shift of workers takes them apart. That's, oh, dude, how oh, how bullshit would that be? That's devious. It's just imperial hell. <laughs> just the empire, like let's just make hell. Why not? I'm evil. Yeah, I mean, what what good? What better way to get rid of defectors uh, or to get rid of like rebels or what or anything really? Just what better way to to make the criminals go away? It's like <laughs> put them in, put them in this non-ending hell. Anyway, uh, uh, Hillary's sorry, emails. Sorry. Hillary's emails. I said uh, so. There's another plant on the other side of the planet to take them apart. They need to transport them, or they'd figure it out. Maybe that's part of the thing of the the mistake. The like that guy who got put down on level two instead should have been taken to the other plant to start taking them apart. That that was one thing we can't talk about in episode nine here in a minute. But that was one thing I really liked is how we could see like uh, let's see here. There's for a second there. Like during one of the times where he's walking, he sees like they they're doing like sign language to each other yeah. and shit like that. Like how each because each of the different levels isn't connected to each other. 
I agree. That's... I really, I really like in this show that um, they are, they really show that like Cassian has a real natural kind of talent for this sort of stuff. Like, or, mm -hmm. you know, is very experienced at it. So just is immediately clocking in like, ah, uh, they figured out like a language to communicate with each other. Yeah. Like, stuff's going around. That's right. That's how you get noise around, you know, and sort of starts learning everything around him real fast. And I was also very pleased to see um, that as time went on in this prison, he starts to grow that beard back. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, of course. How are we, how are we going to know that he, that time has passed unless he has a beard now? Hmm. But yeah, but it's really cool to see like his mind working and him seeing the inner workings of the prison and just kind of trying to start putting it together. Like it, it shows that he is a natural rebel. Like he, he's the he's the exact person you want for this uh, for this kind of like operation. Yeah, like it's interesting. They've got like a couple of elements like going in this show where there's this slight thing of like he can't escape like the empire. Like even like when he wants to just try and like be you know um, anonymous and just get away and not fight them you know anymore. Like he mm -hmm. still can't get away from like being in trouble with them, and also like he is also the best man for the job. Like when he is in trouble, mm -hmm. yeah. No, it's it's really great, and like seeing this is been has been like awesome character development. I don't I don't know if you if you don't like this show at this point, how how is it? <laughs> yeah. See, uh, see, Jonathan says nothing is seen leaving the complex though, so they could be left in the warehouse area of the building. That that could be it as well. That they just like they they're building shit and then just storing it. Like they might not even use it. Mm. Like I, I can see the empire doing some shit like that. Real uh, real quick before we go move on to other stuff, I do I do want to show uh, here. Yeah, I'll get I'm gonna get rid of that picture, but see, it's because I do want to show these different these different shots that I because oh, I yeah. mentioned it before. So uh, my uh, milk toast mentioned it actually on on the stream before our last. That yeah, the, the prison looks a lot like uh, or actually did he mention it on the stream or did he just I think he might have mentioned it either in the Discord or a comments. I don't know. He mentioned it somewhere, but the point is is that yeah, he said that it looks a lot like uh, THX eleven thirty eight. Which mm. for all you George Lucas fans out there, that was like one of his first. I think it actually was his first feature length film, and it's so yeah. You got this. You got like this big like a set. I don't know. I, I've never seen the movie, so I can't tell you exactly what all this is. But I want to point out that yeah, this like weird factory that they got, uh, they got these the, all this like that are the the prisoners in like their uh, jumpsuits and their little white jumpsuits. Mm. We got the we got the uh, prison guards all in black and like holding these like yeah these sticks like sort of stun sticks kind of things. Yeah, and then just like the the facility itself, like if you actually look right here when you see uh, and or looking out the window, it looks almost uh, identical to that. Mm. If I can let's see if I can get it. See if we can get without getting copyrighted. There oh. we go. Yeah, there we are. So, also yeah. re reminded me of every science like that's the thing that's in every science fiction movie ever. Like I've seen that like little crossway in like Alien, and I've seen it in um, uh, Event Horizon, and I've seen it in Star Trek, and I've seen it in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, that's just it's kind of like a, a staple of, of futuristic uh you know movies or just like sci-fi movies that in the future we're going to have ha long hallways with lots of windows yeah it's just always like to get from any building to another can we not just like go into the street never <laughs> let's see ghost hand uh what's up ghost hand he says the best uh character development in star wars is a character we know for sure is super death funny how things work y yeah I, I understand he's going to die later but still though it's not how he dies, or it's not that he dies, it's how. That's the magic, damn it. Yeah, you know, I think, like, 
like we have characters that we know are going to die, but it's it's more about building the legend of them. You know, it's more about enjoying like that story. Mm-hmm. See, Jonathan says, think about it. What better way to keep prisoners from planning and working on escaping than keeping them busy and tired to do jack shit? It, yeah, it, it's yeah, yeah, it is. I, I, I believe, frankly, that it happens in in the real world, <laughs> like in a lot of prisons. I think there's a lot of stuff to keep people tired. Like, I mean, jo- I mean, jobs do that. Fucking <laughs> employment does that. <laughs> but yeah, that uh, is true. Because, uh, yeah, Jonathan's dark. Yeah, we got Connor saying, yeah, Jonathan's dark, but very possible. Let's see, Ghost Hand says, interesting. Also, the overexposure to white featureless rooms is a known torture method. I I would believe it because mm. you know oh, what, yeah. like for for me personally, I don't know about y'all. But uh, for me personally, like having just a plain white background, like that's why I have to have all this stuff on my walls because just having a plain white wall just it it makes me antsy. It's a thing that like, you see in real real world a lot. Like lack of stimulus is like very bad for like mental health. Like it's a thing with them um, like farm animals, like you know animals and like battery things or whatever. Like mm. if they have no stimulus, they just kind of get messed up and they will do like awful things to get stimulus. Whereas like if they're able to just like play with something, you know, like touch and smell things of different textures and scents and stuff like their life is enriched and they don't go as crazy as much so mm. humans is the same thing which like we'll take away all your color we'll put you in a complete routine that never changes like nothing changes exactly yeah don't even get flavor <laughs> yeah you don't you don't even get salt no salt no ketchup nothing yeah like just what it's like so yeah it begs the question what is that what is that like protein paste even tastes like yeah I, I imagine it's a bit like that that goo that they eat um in the matrix like when they're in the real world yep <laughs> you know what it reminds me of tasty wheat did you ever eat tasty wheat <laughs> uh, see jonathan says yeah this whole show is pretty dark well i mean it 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 was pretty well Actually, it was it was a little dark, and then this next episode, episode nine, came in, and it got way darker. But we we'll get to that in a minute. Let's see, yeah, see, same thing. G Force, I just said that he said I uh, said that he thinks they're building hubs that will make the frame of the Death Star. I yeah, mm. I said the exact same thing, and I'm I hope that is true. We got Obaldo T in the comments. What's up, Obaldo? Hey, thank you very much for joining. <laughs> think of tinker toys or erector sets see exactly that's that's exactly what i was saying mm-hmm. i'm surprised they let him have orange stripes on their uniforms <laughs> see that's actually one thing that's a good that's actually a good point from uh hillary's is that uh later on when we see the doctor he has a he has a blue one so i wonder did like the different yeah. units get different uh different colors or i i thought it was really interesting when yeah when that comes up we'll, we'll talk about it more um but the, the stripe i did wonder like maybe it's like a practical thing because, like, I imagine one thing, like, having everything just white is, like, people get, like, snow blind. Like, you know, like, like, it's just harder to make things out. So having that, like, flash of white down someone means you know it's an individual. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that would that would make sense. Kind of yeah, like, like a barcode almost on their uniform or on their... Yeah, um, just, just something to make people stand out. Otherwise, it's going to be, like, you know, like how, like, zebra, when they're in a pack, is supposed to be really confusing to lions. Like... You just gotta look at them and you're like, ah, I can't see them. There's just a big group of white. This is, I just imagine Andy Circus just being like, just like against a wall, just like, you can't, <laughs> you can't see me. You can't see me. <laughs> it's, uh, let me see here. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, Chris Ryan. Oh, yeah, so Chris. what's up, Chris? Thanks for jumping in. Says that was rough when they realized that no, uh, there's no release from the prison. I was surprised for a couple of seconds, but then that's on par for uh, for a court or that's par for the course for the Empire. I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, no, that that makes absolute sense. And they just and that would explain why they don't have contact between the different units, because then you just take someone off of two, put them on five. Done deal. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh, it's, it's, it's just terrifying <laughs> like in a lot of ways. And like how, because like how insane you must feel. Do you know what I mean? Like, and how like you're going to have like a floor manager being, yeah, 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 mate, you know, tell me whatever stories you like, get in line, get on your table. Mm. Like, oh my God, it must break your mind. <laughs> See, I'm glad you mentioned that because you want to talk about something that's breaking my mind, Harrison. I don't, I, I, firmly believe that the writers or the showrunners whoever's creating the show they are screwing with us now like why the hell do we still like it's been nine episodes and cyril is still done nothing he uh, has done nothing i don't know i i like cyril in these because i i think like i can see it i can see what cyril's turning into like he's because he's getting weirder <laughs> like, dude he sucks so bad like I'm gonna, oh yeah, we're gonna take a second off the off the prison for a minute, but just to talk about how much I hate Cyril and how much every scene that he's in just makes me like, dude, it's not a good look. Come on. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I, I I love to watch Cyril. Like I find him very entertaining. I I agree. Like I think you know, if I knew him, I couldn't stand the man. But like a show about him, I'm like, oh, he's just awful. But but I I. <laughs> If they had like some sort of romantic thing between Cyril and the ISB chick, like it'd be so funny. Like I'd believe it. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> I I guess I would too. But I'm just like, I really don't want this. Like if that's what they're going for, is that Cyril's gonna end up like getting with her? Because like the next episode, he he's stalking her outside of her office, <laughs> like a fucking weirdo. I know it's like something out of like uh what's that what's that Tim Burton musical uh the demon barber that one one of those like weird messed up dark romances yeah and it it very much feels like it's uh one-sided like she doesn't she very much doesn't feel like she's into it you know what I mean <laughs> this is like Star Wars Twilight <laughs> like he's the Edward Cullen of Star Wars creepily obsessed with this chick <laughs> you know I could definitely see that, and she, and that, I guess that makes her the the Bella, <laughs> <laughs> equally uninteresting, and and well, she too has the crazy eyes. Uh, that ah, that's what you were talking about, the chick. Uh, yeah, yeah, because that's that's my thing is that like she could she does go like, are you stalking me? But she she's not that she's not that put off. Like you can kind of see like she's thinking about it, going like, all right, okay. I, I'll have, yeah, we'll we'll look at actually. You know, screw it. Let's go ahead and go over to that that part of the episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, past all that. <laughs> also, we can talk about his, the scene with his mother, but yeah, we'll we'll go after that. So yeah, right here. Like I don't know, she she might like there might be like some subtle like oh well I never thought about that before, but you know just I, I don't want any of this. <laughs> this is this is weird. It's creepy. This guy is. I'm like I feel bad for this actor because he's gonna forever be remembered as this guy. Oh, I love stuff like this. I'd like, I, like, I hope that I get to read books with characters like this in. I love like slimy, awful people. They're so fun. Like, mm. and I like, yeah, I love like how insane he must be to think this is a good idea to go like when I 
when I met you the other day, I realized there was justice and beauty in the galaxy. <laughs> and like she tries to go away and he grabs her arm and she's like, and that dream is it's worth fighting for. I'm like, dude, you need to chill. You know, go if you if you have such a boner for the ISB, go join the Empire and get out of here. This guy is a Star Wars serial killer. Like the I I'm so fascinated to see what they do with this dude. Like he's like Jeffrey Dahmer, man. <laughs> like kind of, just, just without the eating people. Yeah. And more well, into chicks. Yeah, that there you go. Fair enough. Uh, oh, I like that. Cyril reminds me of the Bolton fella from Game of Thrones. I'm assuming you mean uh, Ramsey Bolton. So like that that's super like sociopathic dude. Like so Harrison, you know you never watched Game of Thrones, but Anyone who knows Ramsey Snow or Ramsey Bolton, both both names apply. But uh, that dude is like the most insane motherfucker. Like he straight up cuts a dude's dick off, and like and then start and then mails it to his father. Like it's it's a whole fucking thing. I'm not gonna lie, that is probably the most you've made me want to watch that show ever. Like, like you told me something messed up happened in it. I'm like, ooh, that sounds that sounds more interesting to me. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Jonathan says Deidre needs to shoot Cyril in the face, but uh, with a blaster before the season ends. I I think she needed to shoot him in the face with a blaster right here. I I like see. I wouldn't be surprised if like she does like kind of lead him on and then like kill him because like it, like he's got this weird psychotic naivety where he believes in the stuff and believes in her, and she is so ruthless. Mm -hmm. Like the two of those those two as a pair are so dangerous. I think it'd be so much fun in the show. Let's see if I can find where what I'm looking for here, because let's see. Uh, yeah, it's the mother. It's the like. Oh, there we go. So yeah, this is another thing that like his mom is also. She's got, she's getting on my nerves. Like at first, I'm like, oh, okay, he's a mama's boy. Like whatever. That's to show how shitty his life is and how like I'm like now my life is getting shitty because of this woman. Yeah, like, I think they do quite a good job of like when you sort of see this, you can almost imagine like I bet a lifetime of this was a nightmare. And probably makes you an awful person. Like mm -hmm. if you're a kid and your mother's talking to you like this, like oh, you're not going to be a good adult. It's going to be hard yeah. to be a good adult. Yeah, no. I mean, if your mother's still talking to you like this when you're an adult, bro, <laughs> it's like I love that line that she says. Is like I yeah, was, I uh, I cooked for you. I I press your clothes or I press your uniform and and I do all. I got you a job. And what do I get for my investment? I'm like. A child that loves you, <laughs> like I don't, I, I don't know. I quite like that because I, I think like I think it's very good that they do. They show quite clearly sort of where Cyril's coming from. I think it sort of makes him more fun because like he would at least to me he would feel more as a character like silly and cartoonish if he was doing his sort of stuff and we didn't kind of see where it came from. But like mm -hmm. like I quite like where he sort of stands up to his mother and I swear to God I think he's going to murder her. Like oh, I think dude. there's. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I, I think like we're gonna have like someday when like when the ISB do pretend to need him and he's like, I've called the service, we're gonna see him put his uniform on, like do his tie up, and then like his mother's in a pile of blood behind him. Like I th I think something terrible is gonna happen to that woman. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I get I get the feeling I I mentioned it before, but I get the feeling we're gonna he's gonna be putting his uniform on. It's like, mother, I'm going out to the ISB, whatever, I'm going to the to the Empire, I'm gonna go help them out. It's like, oh, that's nice, Cyril. And as he's like, it always sees him from the back. And like, as we as we like pan over, we reveal that yeah, she's dead, and he's the one doing her voice. Like, I sorry, see guys, like... I'm just gonna do something oh. off camera for a sec. Hang on. Yep, go ahead. 
But yeah, so it's, that's my thought, is that we're going to have him be like Norman Bates up in here, and he's going to straight up kill his mother, and then start, maybe not go as far as like dressing up like her, but he's definitely going to start doing her voice. Like, he's going to be sitting there, and he's like, oh, Cyril, why do you, don't you ever put, you know, some shit like that. Let's see. <laughs> Connor says, I could tell you a story about a dick being cut off, but I'm not sure my Aunt Barry would appreciate it. <laughs> Horrible. Horrible, Connor. Is that what they teach you in Ireland? And Harry is fixing the Franken-beans. So, Franken yeah, <laughs> I'm assuming that's some kind of, like, food from Ireland. I don't, I don't know. Just like beans with little sausages in it, isn't it? Like... Oh, yeah, so, okay. It sounded exactly like what it, what it was. Uh, Milto says, Cyril is perfect. The Empire isn't a bunch of scary Sith monsters, but fascist bureaucrats. Uh... Or, but yeah, let's see. The Empire isn't a bunch of scary Sith monsters, but fascist bureaucracies are full of mundane, boring tryhards who were emasculated by their mothers. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I think that I think there is there's truth in that. Yeah, it's it's just like it's the banality of evil, you know. Like it's a guy who thinks he's doing his job. Mm -hmm. He's not like you know. Yes, I'm conquering the galaxy. Yeah, he just, like he's just a little too self righteous. Like I, honestly, I don't think Cyril is a bad guy. I just think he th he thinks a little too much about himself. Like he's he's sitting there. I'm the thin blue line between the galaxy and and chaos. It's like okay, dude, relax. Yeah, do you know what? In terms of the saying serial killers, the one he, the one he's like is Dennis Rader, the uh, BTK, the bind torture kill uh, dude, and he was like. Um, he was like a neighborhood watch dude, but like, like he had to like check for like the homeowners associations. He was like measuring people's lawns and like, you know, sort of like um, fining people for like not having their dog on a leash and stuff like that. Like just the pettiest of stuff. And he took it very seriously. Yeah. That guy looks like a serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> just, just Google that dude's face. He looks just like a fucking serial killer. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Jonathan says, I don't see the ISB needing Cyril though. He's been nothing but a complete fuck up since the episode, since episode one, but only can blame everyone else on his screw ups. Dude, agreed. Like they pull him inside. Yeah. Uh, so during that last episode, they pulled him in to tell him, like, "Hey, stop, stop making these inquiries. You're screwing with our with our with our work, basically." And she tells him, "Like, just knock it off. Like, if you if you do it, then I'll promise to tell everyone that you're that you're not a fuck up, but basically knock it off." Yeah, yeah. It's he is interesting, like, but he's just an awful person <laughs> like, and he, there's no reason why you think that any of this would work yeah no it's it's weird like i do want to talk a little more about her because like cyril like he, he depresses me and i did want to mention about him because like just the, the fact that it's like dude are we gonna see him do something or what but mm. the real the real like i think like surprisingly the real like antagonist like i feel like uh cyril was a red herring versus her she's like the real antagonist of the show and and we get that whole like so I do want to add. What did you think of the uh, of the torture scene with Bix? Oh, oh, that was that was interesting. Um, like see if I can the, find it. the idea they came up with that like sci-fi idea. There's like a species that their screams are torturous, like when they die, yeah. and that they used like one of their own atrocities to create another like <laughs> uh, crime against humanity. Like I was like, that's pretty hardcore. Um, Almost very Black Mirror esque in a way, um, perhaps a bit too far for Star Wars. Maybe like some of the like I don't know. Like that sounds like an idea from like Dead Space or something. You know, a bit more gruesome than Star yeah. Wars. See, like but it but, is good. 
that does sound like something that the Empire would do. Like when you mm. when you start watching, like so again, like this kind of requires you to either read and or watch other stuff from the books, like and, and the stories. Because like I mean, you've been reading Death Troopers, you've been reading Slave Ship, stuff like that. But when you get into That's like true. when you get into some of the other stuff that like the Empire's done, like uh, the Night of a Thousand Tears on Mandalore, like when they mm. when they straight up like melted fucking Mandalorians inside their armor. That's and, true. I, and actually, yeah, there was um in Slave Ship, there was that. There's a planet where they've infested it with creatures that slowly poison the entire planet. Yeah, like, see, they, I'm like... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, they, they, like, toxify the soil, so they just destroy this planet entirely. Like, nothing can grow there anymore. And it's, mm. it's like they didn't have to do that, but they chose to. Exactly. See, I'm like, the Empire, like, it, it, they seem like they just gotta get off on doing genocide. And, like, this lady, she, she talks about that whole thing. It's like, oh, hey, we have this new torture method that we're all really excited about. I'm like... Are you? You're, you're you're subjecting people to the screams of of dying children. I think like she might be like like a clinical psychopath. This character, like a bit like um, uh, American Psycho, like where you know like like because the way she can just turn on people and like the character acts like that bit where um where they're bringing Bix in and she wants her to see Park and like um. She goes like, "Oh yeah, don't take him out. I want her to see him." And then when Bix comes in, pretends like she shouldn't have seen that. Yeah, like, what are you like, doing? Get oh. him out of here, dude. Yeah, no, her her like sociopath. Like she's a massive sociopath at the at least psychopath at the greatest, a sociopath at the very least. Yeah, but I, yeah, I, no. I don't even know the difference. <laughs> well, apparently, a, a sociopath just has no uh, like morality or something like that. A psychopath is when you're like when you start you know hurting other people for fun. Okay. All right. Like, yeah. Like, basically, a sociopath is will hurt someone and be like, "Eh, what, what's the big deal?" A psychopath will hurt someone and be like, "Oh, that was fun. Let's do it again." Ah. Like, so that's that's kind of like the difference there. Like, in a, in a very basic, like, dumbed down version. Right. But yeah. So the point is that he's, like the what I, the reason I say that like she's a psycho or maybe a psychopath because she seems to be enjoying the torture that she does. Yeah. Yeah. She she definitely like has fun with it. Like there's even this kind of like you know witty almost back and forth like with Bix where she's like she thinks it's funny the way she's sort of beaten her. Mm -hmm. Also, oh, yeah, that, I, that's the thing. Like, was it <laughs> when she's like, um, the worst thing you can do is bore me? And I'm like, oh, that's cold. Yeah, I also like when she says like, "You're in my net, Bix," <laughs> and like her and her eyebrow raises is like, "The fuck is wrong with you, you crazy lady?" <laughs> <laughs> like I was watching that, I'm like I was I was like very much off put by that whole scene, and that all actually leads on from another bit that's I think quite important about the episode with the fact that she couldn't get a message out on that radio because Luthen turned it off. They like yeah. cut the signal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that and they yeah they do that... talk about that. Yeah, in this episode, yeah, she goes to talk to Luthen and like yeah, it's right. His assistant gets like a, a radio from her and says, "Oh, hey." it's She's calling us, but then they just turn it off. So yeah, I guess yeah, that they're, like, they're cutting, they're severing ties with this with this uh, branch of the rebellion. Well, I I think it's interesting because they they sort of do that with um that conversation that Luthen has with I don't know the character's name. Um, uh, Sagarera. No. Uh, oh no. Oh, the girl. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The the woman who sort of works for him, um, and she's saying like, "You're slipping." And you know she's sort of going like these are like the protocols to like keep us safe. So like, if they're looking around that area, we can't have that signal coming to us. We can't have anything to trace us. And it's like there is that thing of 
we as the audience go like, no, you've just like betrayed Bix, who like risked so much like for the rebellion and has done so much. Like you're now abandoning her, but it is also the sensible thing to do. Like if you put it on paper and you're just black and white about it, it's like, yeah, if you're running a rebellion, you need to like not allow there to be anything to trace you back. Yeah, like when when we used to think of the rebellion, like you think of episode four, when like they're when they're actually like a centralized army at that point, they actually have ranks, generals, they have a whole backing and everything. At this point, they're still just a terrorist organization. Yeah. So yeah, you kind of have to you kind of have to like bear with them for a minute. Like, yes, it's fucked up, but at the same time, it's like okay, I kind of get what you're doing because if if this fucks up, you're all dead. And they they expand on that, like when. Um the ISB agent, I can never remember her name, but when uh, she's torturing Bix and talking to her and she says things like, did you know that Park only met the buyer once? Mm-hmm. And like, you know, the, it sort of unravels things that you assumed, you know, you think it's like this well-established network and that, you know, they all know what they're involved in, but it's like, well, Park might not have known much. He was just getting money. And, you know, it was like, I'm, I'm paid to not care what's in there. I just keep it turned on and that's it. And I don't speak to this buyer, you know, he's got nothing to do with me. And like, and it's then like Bix is like almost the most connected to this dude, and he kind of abandoned her like immediately. Yeah. Well, or at like least for like, her. Yeah, this is your thing, not mine. Yeah, yeah, you know, like like, like from her perspective, she's just been abandoned. Mm. Dude, all right. So yeah, Oscar. Uh, first of all, Oscar, Oscar Castrellion uh, or Castrellion. I want to say thank you for jumping in. And he says the torture scene was very Sith. And yeah, that torture scene was probably the best. Just the fact that when they put on the headphones, it goes just completely and utterly silent. You don't hear anything. And I'm like, that is perfect. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's definitely like, it's better left to the imagination. Especially like when they say things like, particularly children, we believe. And it's like, oh. Yeah, it's like things... (laughs) Like imagining just like like because he says oh they're like coral uh, almost pleading sc- uh, screams or pleading like uh, you know gu- like gasps or whatever. like he says that that's what the noises are and I'm like but also with it's with children and he says that they also but they layered it and and did some like a little bit of uh, tweaking to it so like w- imagine what kind of other freaky shit is in there yeah yeah and, and nothing they create could like live up to that description no. it's easier just to let you think about what it could be. Now I'm glad we came to this point. I hope I hope everyone is still watching. I hope everyone's still in the chat because I actually have Harrison. You have no idea. Like I, uh, I've been in contact through through my channels, and I have actually the original audio that they put into there. You, would you oh, like to hear it? okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, guys. So my monkey lizard army friends will love this. Oh, and if you're having difficulty speaking, just shake your head from side to side. You'll want to be sure of that, Bix. That you're cooperating fully. It's repeat listenings that cause the most damage. Are we ready? Let's get on with it. He likes to ride a llama every day and every night. He likes to ride a llama. He shone solo. Shone solo. He likes to ride a llama every day and every night. He shot so long. So- <laughs> uh, so I hope you all enjoyed that. <laughs> so yeah, that was a song from our, from our good friend, uh, Salacious Rum. <laughs> yeah, I, I, the second that that thing went silent, I'm like, okay, I could definitely use this. <laughs> like, yeah, seriously, you can take that clip and put 
any number of things that she's listening to on there. And that... Oh my god. <laughs> we need to get on that. Oh yeah, we need to start doing that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely think that needs to become the next meme that everyone starts doing. White Shadow, make sure that Salacious hears about this. <laughs> oh yeah, don't don't rest assured, I'm putting a Twitter post and I'm, I'm tagging him in it right after this. <laughs> but yeah, no. <laughs> but I, but I, to go back to get serious though, I did enjoy uh, that torture scene. That was probably like the best way to do that is just leaving it up to our imagination and like the most horrid things that you you could imagine being being like heard in her ears. Yeah, that that is something that I appreciated. <laughs> it's, it's a good horror concept, and uh, yeah, just as I said, very Sith. Yeah, what I also love is that the second she starts screaming, you know, do you know? All right, so do you recognize what that they do here? Like that scene right there. So, uh, so in episode four, there's a scene where Darth Vader goes in and interrogates Princess Leia, and he has a yeah, droid. And he's like, "All right, now, Your Highness, we'll we'll see what just what you do know or whatever." And when the door closes, same thing. The camera goes down and it follows an Imperial officer walking away. Oh, so I, I do appreciate that. I do appreciate that they did that. They made that little reference to when Leia got tortured, also. I did wonder if they were going to pull the probe droid out. I wondered if they, when they said we've got this new technology, it was like, oh, wow. And then a little turns up and like starts trying to stick her. Yeah, it, it begs the question, why didn't Darth Vader use that? <laughs> like use the, the guttural screams of children? <laughs> because to him, that's not torture. To him, that's, that's a, a, a nice Sunday. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Darth Vader puts those on for going to sleep. Ah, takes me back to the good days. Yeah, see what Oscar said is in New Hope. But so I did enjoy that little that little reference. Here, let's go ahead and go back to the to the prison uh, cell. The prison. Like, there is so much about the prison. I, I was saying to you off off air, like I feel like they could have made a show entirely about the prison, and I would have watched it. Mm -hmm. Like I love it so much. Like like they make like a really great little world so fast. They set the rules up really fast, but really clearly, um, and then they play with it so well. Like uh, that bit that we saw a little bit with the the elevator, like when it shows that he's starting to like plan, and mm -hmm. he's like talking to other people about it. I, I was really interested in that, and quite interested because like already they've got a plan, but they're not revealing to the audience like what the whole thing is yet. Yeah, like presumably they've been he's been talking to different guys, being like, okay, so this is what we need to do. We need to get up there. We need to do this. We need to get to that door. You know that that kind of thing. So it is enjoyable to see like him actually like starting to put this together. I do. I I'm really looking forward to the next episode. I really hope that they have like the the plan, like as opposed to us having like, okay, so you you're gonna go do this, you you're gonna do that. I, I hope we get to just see the plan executed, like, and and we get to see like little things like half. It's like, oh shit, how are they gonna get out of there? How are they gonna do this? How are they gonna do that? And it just kind of reveals it as it goes. I you know that'd be great. I think that's a really good opportunity for some cool stuff, like because you could have it where we go through the whole, you know, um. Uh, their whole plan, then they sort of get stuck and like, oh my god, what's supposed to happen now? A guy from another like level turns up because they've been passing their instructions across like through the windows, like so everyone in the prison is in on it already. Mm -hmm. Although I I do like what he says because they start talking about when they're in the line. Uh, Andy Circus says like, or they start talking about how oh, did you hear what happened? What happened on two? It's like they killed the entire unit and. Uh, I think like Andy Circus gets angry because he starts saying like, "Oh, stop! Like that's a rumor. You can't like you. Uh, you got it takes you guys an hour to to, to even sign one word." I'm like, I do kind of like that idea is that it takes a, a long time for even like a little message to get across. 
I, I also love that it's a return to something that you see in episode nine again. Oh, no, sorry, um, episode eight when Bix gets caught. But the, the thing of the, the banging, there's mm. like a communication that there's like a raid going on. And like you have that thing of like, again, you get like the people living in these populations oppressed by these systems are learning ways to communicate that like they can get away with and that the others don't understand. And like here, they've got it by banging on that metal. But like down there, they've developed their sign language across the prisons. Which like, imagine how long this prison has to have been going for to have had multiple people learn sign language. Yeah, that's a good point. And like, and it has to be like uh, the idea that, or uh, so. The, all right, so imagine being in those lines, right? You're if you have to t uh, teach the person sign language, then you also have to hope that they are in the same line as like you know being able to see you from that window, you know, the next day. Or something like that, like you know what I mean. Otherwise, you have to teach a whole new person. Like, just the entire thing is like, holy crap, man! It seems to be like a dedicated thing. So, like, I guess, like you know, like the dude who's in like Andor's like set has to like at some point pick an apprentice and be like, you're gonna learn it now, like for when I leave, so that exactly. like you can do it. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm like, at that point, it's just like Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. Like the amount of work that has to go into even that is just insane. Let's see. Okay, yeah. So let's go. Let's go ahead and talk a little bit about uh, Mon Mothma because we we've been kind of jumping uh, away from her for a little bit, and there, and there is uh, some to talk about. Let's see if I can. Yeah. So we get this reveal, which I did kind of like. That I guess Vel is her is her sister or her cousin. Her cousin. Yeah. Yeah, I I like that, and I was like, okay, so this is starting to sort of tie together. And I thought it was interesting that like. This is supposedly where Vel really comes from. Like you said before, when she turns up um, elsewhere and she's like really kind of done up, it's like, huh, she looks out of place compared to what we saw before. But apparently this was like her natural state, I guess, like where she came from. <laughs> Which I do like that line later on when she says, uh, just lay low, just pre pretend you're a spoiled rich girl for a while, remind everyone that's what you are. I'm like, ha. Huh? <laughs> like, it's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool to see like that. And and I also do appreciate that uh, in the Star Wars universe, like I, I think I mentioned it before, that like the heads of the of the rebellion are like the rich people who just can't stand idly by and let and let the and let the empire like destroy the galaxy. Yeah, do you know what? I have to I have to give this show um, some props for. I think one of the characters that he's done the most for for me is Mon Mothma. Like mm. I really love like how much this is fleshed out Mon Mothma for me because like I think you know from like A New Hope and things she's. She's like almost kind of perfect, you know. She's just like you don't see her that often. She's the one in charge. She's like the good witch of the east, you know. Just like oh yeah, she's the good one, like the opposite of the emperor. Mm -hmm. um, but like I like that this is like, like no, this is how like a woman like that gets to being there, like gets to being in charge, you know, of a rebel alliance of like of not being in, you know, the senate anymore, of like hiding in bases and being like a military leader. Yeah, like at so yeah, I believe officially Mon Mothma's title is that she's the like uh, in the rebellion she's considered they call her the new chancellor. So she's like yeah, she's she's chancellor of the or she's chancellor of the of the new republic basically. Yeah. And so yeah, like but that's that's how they do it is that like so they have their generals, they have their army that are and then uh, Mon Mothma's official title is chancellor. I suppose, but, like, yeah. we, we said hi to people in the comments for a bit. So we'll check out cuz we was it Oscar mentioned that uh, the prison was like in Oz, which uh, I I do kind of apparently Oz was like the OG sort of Game of Thrones. Like if you thought Game of Thrones was good for like murdering off characters, apparently Oz was doing it way before. 
Yeah. Also, I've heard I've heard there's some less than less than child friendly scenes in Oz, seeing as you know. Yes. Yeah. I, I've I've heard uh, there's quite a few twists going on within the prison. Yeah. <laughs> Not all of them consensual. <laughs> hey, tw- uh, fresh news. Twenty four seven says loving Andor, loving the three episode arcs. Uh, this would also work great for comic books. Hopefully, Daredevil: Born Again is set up like this. That's a good point. Yeah, they are like like comic book arcs, like having those little mini arcs within a run. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I I do kind of admit my problem is that some of these arcs don't seem to go anywhere. It's like so we have Andor, we and we have like Luthen, we have Mon Mothma, cool. But like I mentioned, like Cyril doesn't seem to go anywhere. Daedra is kind of going somewhere a little bit. Yeah, I suppose Cyril is a bit like all that stuff in um, Watchmen about like the the Black Frigate. <laughs> like in that kid reading that comic book that you just have to get through to like and don't really understand why it's there for the entire book. <laughs> Says he read and or and thought and slash or. I'm loving fine. and or loving. That's a good there's a good options. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's that is the best way to go about this show. Let's see. Uh matches, yeah. Gilby my son. What's up, matches? Good to see you. Good to see you, matches. And yeah, and so yeah, I'm done with Perrin. I, I don't even give a shit about Perrin no more. I'm like this <laughs> this whole like weird thing that we're doing with with the daughter and the and uh, her being uh, okay. So you saw this part of this episode where they're at the party, right? Let me see if I can pull it up. Like they're at, yeah. they're at their party, yeah. And well, like, well, like... Uh, her daughter is it gets all like it starts getting like suspicious, I guess, or is like, oh, your mom's old boyfriend is. It very much gets the idea that that. And then also Perrin as well. It very much feels the idea that they think that Mon is cheating on him. Yeah, I I think that is definitely gonna come up. I think like I I'll be interested to see what happens. I wonder whether this will be like uh the Perrin like confronts her and says, I think you're having an affair, you know, and like you know, or you know, her daughter does or whatever. And then Mon Mothma admits to them, like, you know what I'm doing? I'm building a rebellion, I'm saving the galaxy, and then they turn her in. Oh, <laughs> that'd be cool. See, like, I'm I'm really uh, I'm really hoping it goes the other way. Like, uh, so you know our friend Josh from uh, he, uh yeah of course from uh, Scarif After Dark. He's saying that he, how much he likes Perrin and how much he thinks he's going to be him a hero. I think it's a joke, but still <laughs> though, imagine if he's actually correct. Like, what if Perrin actually becomes like it's like oh my god, Mon, you're right. We need to be join the rebellion. I don't I, see I it think happening. That would be nice. I don't know. Like, I think. The show does a great thing of showing like every like all these different perspectives of living in these places, you know. So like, I think, I think they will. I think someone will sell out Mon Mothma. Maybe it'll be someone we do, we don't even think about. Maybe yeah. Uh, maybe they're setting up them as red herrings, and it'll actually be Val or like Ooh. something. I don't know. So, someone else maybe who works, but or maybe Tay. Maybe it's Tay that does it in the end or something like to save his own skin, like. That would be messed up. That after all of this, like she has all these like secret meetings with him. Like, all right, we need to get the we need to get the finances. Here's a here's a way we can do it. And it turns out he's working for the fucking emperor the whole time. Ah, <laughs> uh, that would actually be a really great way to go about that. Is he if he's actually the bad guy? Oh uh, yeah, like like I, I I could see something like that happening. Like, or you know, maybe what he was a decoy put in there. So him saying the whole like you know my my politics might be a bit too rich for you. Was actually like sort of yeah he's an imperial agent and they've used someone who she trusts like from home deliberately. Oh, you might be onto something there. Yeah, I could I could definitely see it. see that would actually make the whole if it turns out that he's the bad guy and then Perrin is the one who actually ends up saving her. 
that would that would 180 my whole thing, like my whole mindset of this show. I'm just checking out one thing that I was trying to remember. Yeah, <laughs> this guy was in a show. So this, this might be interesting enough, but I've been spending this entire show going, who the hell is the actor playing Tay? Like, I know him from something. And it's from a British sitcom called Coupling from years ago. But the only interesting thing is it was written by Stephen Moffat. Huh, I of Doctor I'm... Who fame. Okay, okay. Coupling TV show. It's also got Jack Davenport from uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise in it. It probably wasn't that good a show if I if I really went back to it. <laughs> Guy looks a lot younger on this show than he did uh, than he does in in uh, Andor. Oh yeah, and I think it's always like weird, like curly hair and stuff in this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but hey, it was like literally twenty years ago. We can let him off. Ben Miles, that's his name. Mm. Uh, yeah, looks like he's also been in The Crown. He's been in how, uh, Toaster. How how do you know coupling? <laughs> I'm amazed you saw Coupling, Milk Toaster. I enjoy the reruns on PBS. Oh my goodness, I I didn't realize that got over the pond. I'm I'm amazed you guys accepted that show. I mean, I've never seen it, but yeah, but it doesn't surprise me. Especially after, (laughs) like, we we created BBC America just so we could make, uh, just so we could watch British TV shows. (laughs) Mostly Doctor Who, but that's beside the point. Hmm. Anyway, so... Yeah, like I'm, I'm not sure what we're like, why we're focusing on her family still, like the, especially the the daughter, and like I, I get, I get the feeling it's just because we're gonna get that thing of like uh, they're gonna confront her about cheating on her husband, and it's like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm actually, I'm actually, you know, committing treason. I think that I think they're gonna do something. Something bad's gonna happen with this family. Like, even even if like they don't sell her out, like there's a chance that like what Mon Mothma does could kill them. Like the mm. empire could just straight up be like, "Fine, we're killing your family," you know. Like, but like awful things could happen to her daughter and to parent. Like, dude, oh man, I hadn't thought of that. That it's like that—that's something that could be even more messed up. Is that yeah, her like she comes home one day and her family is just like dead. Yeah, you know, but like Aunt uh, Baru and Uncle Owen, like you know, but the Coruscant style. Yeah, like. I could see something like that happening, or maybe like her husband gets killed and her daughter's like conscripted or some shit like that, or like put into the into like the uh, I don't know Imperial Senate or something. Like, oh, well, we're gonna take your daughter under our wing or something. Like, oh, something. I, yeah, do you know, her becoming a senator, yeah, and <laughs> I like like Star Wars continuing on its odd stuff of married at fifteen, senator by sixteen. <laughs> that was that was one thing I didn't really care for. Like they talked about that during I was either eight or nine. I forget one of the two episodes, but yeah, but that was like they did mention that her and Perrin married at like fifteen years old. I'm like, cool. <laughs> at, le- at least you were both fifteen and not like one of you was thirty and the other one was fifteen. Like at least you know. Yeah, like I I um because <laughs> he he gives Vel shit about it later on as well. <laughs> He's like, yeah, like still haven't found a man that'll all be gone now. <laughs> it's like, all right, yeah. mate. Which um, I did also like that. It's like, oh yes, of course, all the good ones will be will be taken and fucking uh Mon Moth, but she just starts laughing. I'm like, um, ah. It does explain Perrin a bit though. He does come across as a man who got married at 15. <laughs> like someone told him, like, as a 15-year-old, you're an adult. Yeah, no, like again, the, like you said, it's those weird like cultural customs. Like, oh yeah, married at fifteen, senator at seventeen, like you know what? <laughs> Practically running the freaking government by twenty. 
And there's like, that like alien who just goes like, whatever floats your boat. <laughs> it's just like, yep. Yeah, basically, I feel like that's just the audience. It's just like, okay, cool. You know, but different customs, fair, different cultures. I guess those are the sort of freedoms that we're looking to defend with the rebellion. To keep those important cultural customs going. <laughs> Allow our children to marry each other before their balls have even dropped. Hmm, do we have to rethink this? Yeah, no. I, but I, I do I do get what you're saying, though. It's like, you know, whatever. It's the, the beauty of the Republic is that we all believe in different cultural values. And I'm like, ugh. But anyway, so... You see. I did actually, I wouldn't say, but I did like this shot. Like the very end, like the camera pans out and she's just sitting there in this big empty room. Kind of just showing like, the, like it's kind of just symbolizes to us how alone she feels. That's, yeah, you're right. You're right like, about just, that. Like, yeah, just that that was a really beautiful shot for me. Just having her solitary in the in the room. Let's see if I can find. I'm I'm trying to my best to find Saw Gerrera if I can. All right. Oh yeah. While you're looking for that, I'm gonna just have a little chat with some of the folks in the comments because we've got some good stuff. Uh, Fresh news. Twenty four seven says the mother daughter relationship is so different. We're used to seeing the rebel daughter fighting with her father, while the mother is the soft ear. But it's great seeing the flip on this stereotype. I do like it, and like you often get like even in cases where like you know the daughter's like rebelling against the mother, like it's a mean mother. Like the dad is kind of you know the kind one, and he's like, "Oh, I'll cut you some slack, honey, and you know give you like some advice." Um, but in this, like, he is the one that gives the daughter slack, but it's not necessarily good. <laughs> like the man's like doesn't care about people. Like yeah, he just kind of lets her do. Fun. Like she even says it in there. He's like, "Oh, I, I wonder what your father will think about this dress. I hope he lets you wear it. He lets me do whatever I want." It's a horrible father. Yeah, it's like I bet he does. Like you know, and like it, it's not that great a thing. <laughs> Yeah, right. Like you're kind of an entire little brat. <laughs> Shit, where the hell is it? Did I end up I think I might have I think I might have lost the episode or I might have lost the uh the part. Because uh. I'm like I'm trying to I'm trying to find it because I'm pretty sure it was in it was in the ninth episode that he went to go see Saw Gerrera. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're right, yeah, because yeah, Luthan goes Yeah. Um Oscar says I agree, the shit hit the fan uh, when the Gorman mass takes place. Not sure what the Gorman Mass is, so I might be getting a bit confused there. And the daughter might join the rebellion. Didn't Mon's son die fighting as a part? Oh, so it's in like maybe it'll be similar to like the son, but sort of swapped with a daughter instead. I, yeah, I'd believe that. And I didn't know that about um, Mon's son dying in Legends. That's interesting. I'm sure I'll hopefully read a book that'll tell me that at some point. Yeah, I was actually unaware of that as well. And uh, both uh, Hillary's and Milktoaster have said uh, PBS used to run a lot of British TV and BBC stuff. So I'd be fascinated to know what stuff. I'd be interested to know what kind of stuff you got. Like, cause it might be weird things. A lot of Doctor Who, probably. Uh, I'm willing to bet, like, coupling, stuff like that. Probably, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not entirely certain because I didn't watch PBS in the 90s. Yeah, I'm trying to like remember like what like like what shows like maybe men behaving badly, like especially comedies because some of them were weird. Like Gimme 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 was a weird one. It was like back in the nineties. Father Ted, well, that was Channel Four. You might not have got that. Okay, well I've well I have lost the saga error. I don't know where the fuck it is. No, but we, let's just, just... we could just use your your impression. <laughs> I really like the saga error stuff. Like it's it's really cool. Hmm. Yeah, let's let's just assume that it's on episode nine, and let's talk about that real quick. But yeah, it, it is really cool. I did enjoy how like Luthen and him kind of have like this friendship almost, but uh, like kind of like they're like old buddies, but they're actually, but you know, like, he's just selling him weapons or whatever, or like technology or whatever bullshit. Yeah, I, I think it was really good. It, 
they Sagarera has come across really well. I mean, obviously, Forrest Whitaker is just great whenever you see him. Like, I, I really enjoy Forrest Whitaker. Um, hmm. I love the stuff they get him to do. Like, I love in um, this where he's shouting about the other rebels and like about what they are. It's like, you know, like they're separatists, one of them's a neo Republican, and like. And I was like, I, I love that. Like, he's got this thing like, I won't join with them because, like, we're too, you know, anything that isn't what I believe in, like, isn't worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was, he was so cool. Reminded me of uh, like history. Reminded me of doing history on um, Russian Revolution and the Civil War that happened sort of after the Bolsheviks had their successful revolution, and you had the Red Army versus the White Army and the Green Army. And the way I was taught it was basically the Whites were just like everyone else who opposed um, the uh, the Bolsheviks. But none of them could agree with each other, and that's why they failed. I mean, yeah, that's pretty much how that ends up going. Let's see here, especially in in this particular in like the rebellion, it's like none of them actually like have a, a universal goal. So it's kind of like, especially Sagarera, he's just like, I just want to, I just want to destroy the fucking empire. Fuck the empire. I really appreciate what Hillary's and Milk Toaster said. So uh, we've got upstairs, downstairs, Downton Abbey. That's hard, and then. All creatures great and small, which is fun because then you got you got a double dose of that guy from because he was he was a doctor as well. I can't remember which he was the doctor that wore cricket whites. Oh yeah, no. that was before, <laughs> before I got I started watching it at Christopher Eccleston and okay. I refused to go back. I <laughs> I to go, yeah, no, I, I I think I tried watching the original like the first guy who played Doctor Who like uh, a long time like years ago, but I'm oh, like yeah. halfway through that episode, I'm like, okay, this is boring. <laughs> TV was very different back then. Indeed, it was. <laughs> okay, you know what? I'm I'm just giving up. There. Uh, oh, okay. God damn it! You gotta be fucking kidding it? me. You gotta be fucking kidding. At the there very last second, I give up and I click it. I just randomly click, and there it is. Yeah. But yeah, so this was an awesome scene. I do enjoy how he's like. It seems that he's before he has like the whole air mask thing. Because like, yeah, in the first one, he you notice that he has like a cyborg arm and he has like a, a breathing apparatus that he has on his on his uh, chest. In this, yeah. he doesn't seem to have that yet. Yeah, he, so he's not cool. quite as messed up, which is, is fun that we're seeing like saw uh, age backwards. You have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you like for whatever reason, Star Wars is like low key just focuses on Saw Gerrera across like five different shows. Well, no. not focused, but, but you, it, it puts him in there across like Rebels, uh, Star Wars. Uh, his very first appearance was in Star uh, Clone Wars. He shows up again in Rebels. Yeah, there's Rogue One. Uh, let's see. Yeah, obviously in this, like he, he shows up in like a couple of different shows. Ah, interesting. Oh, oh, and then of course in uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. Let's see, season Ooh. two starts filming next week. Uh, I'm hoping we get more backstory of the wills of the Jedi guy. Uh, hopefully some Ben, Middle- ben Middleton. I'm down for yeah, that. I would, I would like to see more of the wills of the Jedi thing. Yeah. Like oh, wills of the force. Is it? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. The dude like the, uh, Jeroot, the guy who's like the blind man who, who's like the force user. Yeah. Ip man. Yeah. Him. Yeah, exactly. So I'm hoping we get to see more of that. Like, honestly, after this, this crazy season of like intrigue and spying, 
and like craziness. I'm I'd be down just to see like Andor just go full, full rebel next season and like all right, so we're gonna have battles, we're gonna have like, fighting stormtroopers. No, like personally, I I like the spy thing, but I'm like okay, next season can we just do like get back to like the 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 heart of like what Star Wars is or get back to the meat and potatoes of this? Oh, okay. I'm I'm not sure we'll get that. <laughs> I I can see what you mean, but I I don't think that. I think they're gonna be like stick with what works, baby. Yeah, <laughs> stick with what makes the money. <laughs> you, yeah, no. you want your adult Star Wars? You want your boring Star Wars? After you've done your taxes, you watch some sensible Star Wars? Well, then we'll get more of that for you. <laughs> you you want to see lightsabers and Force users and Yoda? Tough shit. <laughs> watch, watch visions like a child. Basically, yeah. Go watch Clone Wars like a child. Yeah, like a child. <laughs> like a kid that you are. But we'll be here with Skarsgård, man. <laughs> I mean, that's not to say that uh, Stellan Skarsgård is not, like, one of the best parts of this show. Oh, uh, yeah, like, he's pretty class. I just hope that, yeah, I want to see him more, like, and more than just, like, I'm, like, you know, I don't want to see him just talk, like, just having a, a dialogue scene with Saw or with Mon. I actually want to see him do the same shit he did in the first three episodes, like, have him have him pull out a blaster, start killing some people. Like I want to see why he's not in, uh, you know, Rogue One. I'm I'm guessing he's not going to survive this uh, this season. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right. It, it'll it'll be really interesting because I I think I don't know whether they'll hmm, maybe maybe they will let him survive this season if like he needs to do something to redeem himself because I could see them like just making him do something terrible. Like this mm. season, like really sacrificing a lot of people or something, or you know, doing something that he believes is in the greater good, but is a really awful thing to do. And then, like, his death is the only thing he can do to kind of like win things back. Is like if his death like means something or saves a lot of people, maybe. Yeah, that'd be that'd be pretty cool. I don't know. I'm I'm hoping we get something like that. We'll we'll see. Let's see, uh, fresh news says, as I'm sure you know, to uh, all right, season two takes uh, a hot D approach, three episodes, then a then a time jump. So I think season two uh, will feel like three to four different movies. Okay, so I see what you're saying. Like it's- uh, Okay. Right, oh, so yeah, like House it- of the Dragon. Right, I get what you mean. Yeah. Oh, House of the Dragon. I understand. Yeah, so like a couple episodes, then a time jump, another couple episodes, time jump. Okay, fair enough. That'd actually be kind of cool. I Honestly, if season two is like the, like the finale of season two, it puts us on that on the first planet we ever see Andor, you know, where where he's like getting the the secrets, like the plans to the Death Star and shit like that. I would be super down for that. Like ending season two where Rogue One picks up. Oh yeah, yeah, I'll be up for that. All right, I think the last thing we're gonna talk about here is like we said, this whole part, the the euthanization scene in the hallway. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was pointed out to me. I I have to watch it again. But it was pointed out to me uh, that apparently before, I guess the doctor, he calls for a gurney and a, and a stretcher order before he even like, you know, like before he even does anything to him. Yeah. Like first thing he does, he's like, oh, we need a stretcher over here. And he's like, he was a foregone conclusion. He was, he was going to kill him the, the second he got there. Yeah. I, I think that's, it might be revealed that that is essentially what a med tech can do. A med tech can either like bandage a single wound or put you down. <laughs> like I, I was really fascinated by some things like, when when they call for one and you see immediately that it's someone in bare feet and then like you see the uniform with a blue stripe and it's like oh it's a prisoner is the med tech and like that's messed up mm-hmm. like and and 
the 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 guy doesn't have much to get across, but gets across like he's like he's like a Vietnam vet. He's like something out of um, Apocalypse Now. He's just given up, <laughs> you know. Yeah, see what Milkto says. Is apparently, the guard said that the body bag was coming before the medic even called for it. So it's apparently the guard is just like, all right, this guy's oh. dead. Fuck him. Oh, right. Yeah, so like that's some messed up stuff right there, man. I also I also like how the doctor from the get-go, he's like, uh, Andor, he's like, his name's Olaf. I don't want to know what his name is. He's like, he, just the fact that he knows full well what's about to happen, he's like, I don't want to know this guy. Yeah, yeah, like that is such a kind of like a broken man kind of thing. You know, it's like, I don't care what he's talking about. This is how I survive. I don't need to know his name. Like, yeah, oh, it's, a, yeah it's really hardcore. Also, this is bullshit. He says he'll feel nothing. I want to point out this death scene does not look like he feels nothing. <laughs> like the fact that the subtitles say choking, I'm like, yeah, no, he clearly felt something there. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, we have we have talk about like lethal injections that supposedly are kind of okay here in the real world, and as from what I've heard, apparently they're not. Yeah, no, it's evidently it does not feel good at all, and and the, and the only reason we don't notice it is because they put a numbing agent that makes them like unable to move. Yeah, like paralyzed, like whilst they're having a heart attack. Like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so like I can't imagine a worse kind of hell. Yeah, like um, that's pretty good. In if you ever played the game The Suffering, they do some cool stuff with that. I I have not, but it but yeah, if you like, I, what do they? So like, what is it kind of like thing? So my The Suffering like is a a horror game set in a prison. And um, all of the monsters are based on ways to die in the prison. So there oh, are like shit. monsters that like all their limbs are replaced with shivs, um, and there are ones that have needles in them, and that they're, they're they've been they've been created by all the uh, lethal injection deaths at the prison. Oh damn, that's yeah. messed up, man. Yeah, it's, it's it's oh, it's such a good game. Sounds like Silent Hill. <laughs> yeah, it is, but it's like it's really actiony, so like it's nowhere near as scary. Hmm. You can dual wheel Tommy guns, I think. Like you're fine. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. <laughs> like, don't get that in Silent Hill. <laughs> All right. So I, I just wanna I just wanna say this last thing. Uh see, so yeah, he gets him. Oh, so actually I, I wanted to I say yeah, I mentioned it before. Uh Andy Circus, like you see his like just his whole mindset change from the get-go, like just, so I think from the start when Olaf starts having the the uh what's it called the stroke to like when the doctor tells him you need to get your men in line and like you can see it on his face just how angry he gets right there when they when he watches him euthanize him and then tell him that and then he tells him right after that is like like what do you mean keep my men in line oh well everyone on two got murdered like he, he confirms that everyone on on the second level just got completely just uh killed yeah yeah, yeah. So, and i i don't know what it is that like set it off so but I, they said like it's someone getting accidentally transferred so maybe it's something like people started to notice that no one was really being released and it's, mm. and that's what he means. Like you have to keep them in line with that, or they'll just die. Yeah, or like, we'll all just get killed. Yeah, this doctor seems to have just given up. Like he's already said, like I'm not getting out of here. Like I don't, I, I don't know. Or maybe he, maybe he's getting some sort of special privilege by being a med tech. I mean, I feel like that can't be true. I, I would imagine. See, that's the thing is that with the blue uniform, you could, you could think that like the blue just means medic. But at the same time, it could also just mean like the color could mean special privileges, or could mean like he gets to do different shit. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like in, I think it happens in some prisons where people like who are well behaved get to be librarians and stuff or something like that. Yeah, they also have like jumpsuit color codes, basically. So like, if you're, I think it's like, if you're, if you have a lighter color, like a yellow or something like that, then you're like a lower, a lower like security prisoner. And like the higher it get, like an orange gets higher and then a red gets, like the higher your, uh, your, okay, your yeah. jumpsuit is, like the, the more dangerous you are. 
Uh, okay. That's interesting. That is an interesting idea. Yeah. So it's got nothing to do with the medic stuff. Ah, uh, yeah. But yeah. So at any rate, this this whole thing is actually pretty awesome. It, it ran like like I said, not a whole lot of action, but it but it makes the probably the best line of the entire episode, and it and it instantly brought a smile to my face. It's like <laughs> right here. How many guards on each level? Never more than twelve. It's like oh fuck. <laughs> Yeah, like I don't know if, if I'm the only one who, uh, who thought that, but yeah, like I know Milk Toast was all about it, but I'm like I don't know about you, Harrison. Oh yeah, like like it's like I said, you now know it's on, like, mm -hmm. and it's like if the floor manager's involved, it probably means everyone on the floor's involved. So like we're gonna see like a big concerted effort to get these guys out of here. Yeah. Let's see. All right, uh, Harrison. So I think we're we're just about ready to wrap it up here. We're at the hour twenty mark. There's not really a whole lot more to talk about. Uh, like a, a few tiny things, but I'm like, we could just skip over it. Yeah, it, it it was overall like great episodes of this show, like and 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 like I said, just just really engaging ones. I I was worried because I had to watch both of them back to back, and I didn't have much time. And I was like, oh, you know, it's going to be a difficult watch, but just kept my attention the entire way through. Like this story, like storyline they're onto now, is riveting. Mm. Absolutely. And, and yeah, I think it, a big part of that is the fact that they just focused all on the prison. Like they focused the majority of it in the prison and they're just like, all right, let's focus on this. This is the interesting part. This is what you want. And they, and the fact that what they did while they were there is just, oh man, it, it really like, and then, I mean, there were other scenes as well, like Bix's torturing scene, like with Cyril and all his nonsense, but there, but like, yeah, the, the prison scenes were by far just, just <laughs> chef's kiss. <laughs> there's one bit i really love was where um i think it's when like Olaf is struggling and andor's like hey let's swap and then like andy circus like hey why did you swap he's like it was his idea <laughs> and the other dude's like seriously he's <laughs> like dude fuck you <laughs> all right harrison so what would you rate these two episodes uh out of five and and like obviously i I'm gonna, i would ask what we're gonna do but we already know it's gonna be the prison break next episode yeah, I, I feel like like it's got to be the prison break because we've only got three episodes left. So we kind of want to, hopefully, I think, get him out of the prison and then see what happens afterwards because something's going to happen on Ferrix. I think there's going to be some kind of showdown, um, mm. you know, some sort of thing to try and bait and or back, I suspect. But I don't know. It is quite ironic. One thing we didn't mention is the fact that, like, uh, it's ironic that the, 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 the Empire is trying to figure out where he is and they haven't realized they already have it right dude he's already in an imperial prison it's like but it's because he's under a different name keith uh keith gargo or gergo or whatever the hell yeah gergo yeah yeah so that's why is because he's under the uh, assumed identity but it's like dude you guys have him uh, i will say like look um look star wars i know that like not every character has to be named like udusa wanto or something but just having a regular name with one letter changed is not good enough <laughs> like olaf and keith like, also also there's a guy names. One of the dudes in here is named Ham. Uh, <laughs> yes. It's like Melshi, Keith, uh, Ulaf, and Ham. I'm like, are you <laughs> fucking kidding me? <laughs> anyway. All right. So, yeah. Uh, what would you rate these episodes, though? Um, I think I'm going to give them both. Uh, let's give them both like a 4.5 out of 5. I'm going to give eight episode 8 a 4. And I'll be going to give episode 9 a 5. Absolute 5 on episode 9. Like, I think that torture scene, the uh, Andy Circus finally coming around being like, all right, let's break out. And then also, I, we didn't really mention it, but that that line where uh, he says, where he's talking to him, he's like, all right, how we break out? 
you're no one's gonna break out. Just do your time and get out of it. It's like, what do you think they're listening to us? No one's listening, and he starts screaming. No one's listening. I, like, I didn't appreciate that. I, I really, it, it's it's actually really important. I think it does some great things that, like, where it shows just the callous attitude of the empire. Man, fuck Tim. Snitches <laughs> get stitches, and you know what? Tim got all. <laughs> Tim got what he deserved. Fuck Tim. <laughs> all right, Thanks guys. So much, Oscar. Yeah, but on that note, I think we're going to wrap it up. So I will go through the chat here. So I'm going to say thank you to Connor, uh, Milk Toast, Matches Malone. No, no, uh, Mr. Action today, which. Uh, uh, yeah. it's, it's kind of a it's kind of a sad but i mean i imagine he didn't watch the show i hope you're doing uh, that action. yeah exactly but g-force uh hillary's emails jonathan connor uh ghost hand let's see rolando let's see if i if i forgot anyone else oh brian uh thank and 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 then also oscar white shadow and fresh news like thank you guys all if you have I forgot any of you i'm sorry i apologize there were so many people in the chat today also chris ryan's i just i just scrolled past that uh, but yeah, guys, if I forgot anyone else, I, am, I apologize. But thank you guys all so much for watching. Uh, this has been the Fulcrum Entertainment Podcast. If you guys like our show, make sure you like, subscribe, comment below. And you also hit that bell notification so you know when we're when our videos come out. I know it doesn't really seem to matter. <laughs> that, but still, though, do it. It's the YouTube thing. And then also, uh, yeah. If you guys like our if you guys like our other videos, then check out our other stuff. We have all kinds of audiobooks, all kinds of audio comics. Uh, we have the Choose Your Own Adventure Brothers, which unfortunately will be taking a hiatus tomorrow, but that doesn't matter because we have all kinds of, there's like at least five or six, maybe like 10 at this point, other videos that you can go watch and they're all awesome. Go check them out. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah and, uh, sorry that there hasn't been a, another slave ship video this week. Uh, sorry, just time, haven't had much time this week. Same reason why we're having to take a break from uh, Choose Your Own Adventure Brothers. So we will be back as normal next week. Yeah, uh, yeah, he will. Unfortunately, I believe our podcast will actually be postponed next week again because I'm going to be yeah. on. A, I have to be on a film shoot next week. Ooh, exciting! Yeah, I'm a PA for that, so that's going to be fun. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, but like I said, we'll probably have. We'll definitely have a Choose Your Adventure Brothers. We'll have a uh, game stream on Monday, and yeah, guys, like I like I always say, thank you guys all so much for watching, and remember, we are all fulcrum.